everybody welcome to another episode of lem me no i'm your host angel lem today i'm sitting with mayra hernandez she's the author of aventuras amoritaco she's also a fellow wimera you can follow her at aventuras period amor period tacos and if you want to follow her personal account um you can follow her at mayra period h-d-e-z hernandez but just the acronym so make sure you go follow her i will be giving away three copies we're gonna end the year with the giveaways you know this this year's been i mean this month has been nothing but giveaways and you know we i'm so happy to say that we got three books so three people are gonna be able to win a copy of this her book so make sure you just go on instagram and follow the rules make sure you add her instagram account and you go at my instagram so you can find me at let me know pod and you can find her at aventuras period amor period tacos so on this episode basically we talk about being a first generation student and the expectations that come with that and you know we just talk about growing up being in this you know in, in america compared to being in in mexico hopefully you guys enjoy this episode i had a blast and this is the last episode this is the last interview of the year thank you guys for sticking with me another year and next week i'll be doing a solo bolo so please send your questions to me um you can email me at let me know pod on gmail you can always send me a message on instagram and facebook at let me know pod and you know i don't know if you have any questions for me Maybe you have some new year resolutions and you want to tell us, and yeah, maybe you have a question. Maybe something's bothering you this year and you would hope that next year would go much better. So make sure you just send me a message. I don't know if that made any sense, but hopefully you got the sentiment. So just make sure you send me a message. Tell me, um, tell me what's up. Tell me what, if you got a story, if anything happened to you last year, if you accomplished all your new year's resolutions and maybe some suggestions for the show. My plan was to start the new year's with, with a video. Unfortunately, you know, the holidays came and I spent more money than I thought I was. And I had some other expenses that, you know, my mom, I'm trying to get her my mom's papers. So I had to use a lot of my savings for that. So I'm not going to be able to do YouTube just yet, but I will be hopefully by the middle, middle of the year, hopefully by the three year anniversary. So our three year anniversary is in May. That's a goal that I could set for myself and I could accomplish. So, um, I, if you want to, you know, I really don't ask for money, but if you want to, um, support the show financially make sure you go to teespring.com and got, get yourself a shirt i'm not a person that likes to ask for money straight up 
so I, I i'm offering you a service and if you want to donate some money and support the show i figured the best way is for you to buy some merch you also represent the show that you're supporting and you know you get something out of it i don't just want to take your guys' money but if you do just want to give me your straight up you want to be giving me your straight up money then you could go to vetmo at let me know pod i do have a patreon account and there I have three different levels. You could donate a dollar, you could donate three dollars, five dollars, and a seven dollar. Oh, I don't know. Seven dollars and twenty dollars. So if you would like to donate, just make sure you go to patreon.com and go go show some love. Go go check it out. You don't have to donate anything, just go check it out, see if something pops pops at you and maybe you wanna join. Maybe you wanna be a, a let me know something fan. I don't know. Maybe we should come up with something because I've been wanting like what what do you call the the people that listen to the show? I want to give you guys a name. The Yo 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 podcast calls them monkeys. My favorite murder, murderinos. I would like, you know, to call you guys something. So maybe you guys could send me uh, some suggestions. That would be pretty cool. But you know, what? that's enough of me. So like I said, make sure you go to Aventuras Amor y Taco to go support myra and her book so it's a very interesting book like i said i'll be giving away three copies so stay tuned and that before we go make sure you go to itunes and leave me a five-star review um thank you guys for everybody that's done it this year but we're still we're still trying to get 100 so i'm at 65 now i don't know if i uh, my my goal will be met but maybe five more so maybe if we could get to 70 if you could tell people about the show i would really 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 appreciate it I have stickers, so if you don't have a sticker yet, send me an email, send me a a message on Instagram or Facebook, tell me that you would like a sticker, they're completely free, and I'll send them to you right away through the mail, so make sure you do that. So um, I think that's going to be enough of me, so make sure, like I said, go at her, make sure you grab her book, it's available on Amazon.com. Just search for Aventuras Amor y Taco, and that's it. So we're going to listen to a song, and then we're going to get into the interview. Vida 
What's up, everybody? Welcome back. So, hopefully, you guys enjoy that song. Today, I'm sitting with Mayra Hernandez. She's the author of Amo Aventuras Amoritacos. Tacos. Tacos. You gotta, you, you can't. Gotta, you, you gotta eat more than one. She's a fellow Wimera. Because I, I, I don't know how to say the plural for people that live in Wilmington, but let's just say Wimera. All right. That's it. So, she came down from Phoenix just to do this show. And I feel special. Yep, that's the reason I came down here for. That's the only reason, right? The, the, the paying attention to the month that we released this episode. All right, so anyways, before I get, I mean, I start rambling on asking all my questions, I'd like to ask, how's your day? My day's going pretty good. You know, I'm back in Wilmington. I'm spending time with family. You know, just being back in the LA area, it's really, really great to be back. So are you having fun? Are you doing anything special right now? Um, I'm heading to Bautizo later on today. So family party is always the best, you know, yeah. food, Are drinks. you excited? Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a I'd good be, time. I'd be excited too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I mean, you wrote Amor, Aventuras Amor y Taco. You know, it's a little adventure. You decided to go to Mexico and that's pretty much where your book takes place. You know, the, that part of your life. Exactly like at what point did you know that you wanted to write a book? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I think for me, I was in a place where I did go to college. I like kind of went through that whole professional career trying to figure out how to do this whole thing because I'm the first in my family and I was burned out and I knew that wasn't life. I was like, I'm not happy. Can't do it. And I remember going to Mexico the year before and just feeling at peace, feeling happy, loving the food, loving that I was spending time with family and I wanted to go back there. Um, so got to a point where I literally just quit my job. Um, I talk about a near-death experience that happened to me in the book. And that's part of the reason that made me realize, let me go live my life like like I want to. Because life's too short. Um, and I thought about, one, the place I would feel at peace at and like get all the experiences I wanted. And then two, where can my money last the longest? And of course, if I go back to the rancho, like literally your money will stretch a mile. Um, so that's what I decided to go. And I just went on this whole adventure because I, I'm a big reader and I always read all these adventure books. A lot of my book is inspired by like Eat, Pray, Love and a whole bunch of other books that I've read. Um, but the question I asked myself, why is it only white women or white people who are writing these books? True. Yeah. Um, so I kind of went just to have an adventure when I was there, I was writing a lot. And when I came back and I actually started posting about it. And people were starting to, you know, leave comments and say how much they related to it. That's when I knew I had to write a book. Um, so it wasn't until after. And part of it, I think, is I learned so much there. When I started sharing that, there was like a need that people wanted to reconnect, but they just didn't know how. So it was almost like I did it for everybody else because all of these stories are lost if we, if we don't go back to, to kind of bring them back to us. It's good to sometimes go back and see how the our parents grew up, I guess that's that's kind of what your book is too like it, it kind of describes like the things you saw and the things you experienced and as as an american i'm pretty sure you you were raised here you, so maybe you went a couple of times to mexico but one thing is to visit and one thing is to live you know to actually like when you visit everybody to you too nice good because they know you're gonna leave sometimes but right. when you're staying there is like okay well you're gonna stay here we're gonna treat you like everybody else, because right. we can't baby you and we can't feed you special meals every day, you know? Right. So, like, I agree with that. But, I mean, so how was it, like, compared to, like, living here, like, having pretty much, living the American dream, you mm -hmm. know? 
and then going back and living like how our parents live yeah yeah that was probably the the biggest comparison i could have experienced over there because life is completely different like here in the u.s it's all about um going to work being in traffic like just kind of go 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 um you know your life is just always at full speed and you're lucky if you got to sit down with your family and eat right okay and you're just like doing one thing after another to-do list after another one and it's just like all rushed and then i went back to mexico and life was simple and life was calm and it was more about the person than it was about the the things that you had to do so it was about eating good food making sure you ate three meals a day um not and not eating by yourself like i don't know how many times i either lunch by myself or on the go or something like that where over there was more intentional like let's sit down let's eat the food was delicious um people would come and visit all the time so you were hanging out with people on a regular basis um whereas over here you kind of forget to text people back True. you know yeah. so it's like all these differences of people are always so rushed in america and then over there people are very very intentional about being around people being around community celebrating it's just like a really loving environment that i didn't know was missing um and what was interesting about it was that the it, big difference between visiting and then staying there and what i realized there was that people really appreciated the fact that i stayed why because when you go back to mexico people always like oh there you go you're gonna go live your american life but to have somebody who's from America, who has a passport and to, who chose to live there, like back in the rancho, like people, whenever I go back now, people like love me and appreciate me. They come say hi to me. And I was only there for a little bit, you know? So it's like I built those relationships in the time that I was there because I chose to live there. Whereas their reality is always like people always choose to leave. So it was kind of an interesting dynamic to be back in Mexico. Then like, how long did you stay there? So I was there for about five months. Um, I wanted to make it a full year, but my money was running out. So, you know, how to come back. But um, I was there for about five months. And I think I could definitely see myself like long term, probably living in Mexico in the next several years. I did the whole thing, right? Like I went to Berkeley, probably one of the best schools I could have gone into. I got that degree. I got a job. I was working at a university. So like my parents understood that I was kind of making it happen. Right. And I've always been a person who wants to serve the community and thankfully every single job that I've had has helped me do that. I've been working primarily with Latino families and students and this and that, trying to help them kind of step up the same way that I did, especially with education. And I just got to a point where I realized I was being overworked. Even if I was doing the job that I wanted and with the community that I wanted, it was stretching me out so thin. And I recognized that my life was more important than the job. Like my health, my mental health, like my sanity, all of that was more important than me, like doing more work, spending like time doing overtime, doing all of this, because at the end of the day, I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, and when I realized that, that's when when I, everything started to shift. And I was like, you know what? Where I'm at now, I think at that point, I was like five, six years into my professional career. And this is and I remember asking this question to another friend who kind of did the same thing. We asked ourselves, if I were to quit my job now, would it be impossible to get another job? And the answer was, no, it wouldn't be impossible. Why? Because I have a lot of great experience. I'm a hard worker. I can do this. I can do that. And then we asked ourselves, if we were white, would we be second guessing ourselves? And the answer would be like, no, you just go up and do it because, you know, there'd be a job like you could find right away. 
Um, but there was like almost this guilt of like, well, our parents worked so hard, they sacrificed everything, and now I'm quitting my job. And that was the biggest barrier for me to get over as to like why I should and shouldn't do it. Um, and what I realized was, and this was, this was a really cool experience, when I realized was, I really do have to take care of myself and I think this will help. Like, let me go back to my grandma, let my grandma like love me, let me like just relax, you know? And when I started talking to my parents about it, at first they thought I was crazy. Cause you know, I told them I'm going back to Mexico, Mexico and they said, why are you gonna go back if that's how we left? And then I started explaining things why and then we started having more conversations. They eventually came around and I recognized that they would rather have me be healthy and happy than just to be on the grind hating my life. And when they came around, that's when I knew, like, let me do this for sure. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Well, my dad was okay with it because I was going to go stay with his parents. And then my mom was just completely like, what are you doing? Like, where is this coming from? And then my mom got to my dad. So then they both got worried. They were like, the narcos are going to kidnap you. You know, just like the worst thing you could think of. Are there narcos in the rancho that Not you? in the rancho <laughs> that I'm at. But there, you know, it, everywhere pretty much I, I went to michoacan and michoacan's literally on the do not travel list so it's like their worries were valid and not to say that i went on it blindly i remember watching all the documentaries and like psyching myself i almost didn't do it but i just needed to just be in a place like where i was gonna be relaxed and what ended up happening was really really pretty pretty cool because i did that uh, my parents were now forced to call mexico every week because that's where i was at so now my grandma was getting phone calls every week, whereas before it's like once in a blue moon, you know? Yeah, that's sad, though. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I forget was... where we came from sometimes. Exactly. So I think that in itself made me happy, whereas my parents are calling, my siblings are calling. Um, and what also happened after the fact, like when I came back, my mom went to Mexico and she called me. She was like, oh, I'm going to Mexico in two weeks. I'm going to go to the fiestas. And I'm like, what? You didn't invite me. She's like, well, I haven't been to my fiesta since I moved to the States. Oh. So in over 35 years, she had never yeah, gone yeah. to her own fiesta. Wow. So I think the fact of me just like taking a risk uh -huh. almost allowed everybody else to do something, yeah. you know, what is it that they wanted to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I did it, why couldn't they? Isn't it, I mean, I feel like that puts a lot of pressure on you, though. Like, I mean, being the first one, you're the guinea pig. You're the one that has to try everything else. You have to test everything else like you're the one that goes to school first mm -hmm. and you have and you have the pressure of like succeeding mm -hmm. and but yeah we don't have the answers and now like you went to mexico and you got that pressure on you too like like you got the pressure of you quit your job for this so you better get what you wanted out of this trip right and then um you have the pressure of like once your family comes here like make sure they have a good time too just like you you know right so i don't know like that's a lot of pressure on you did that did you feel that pressure like no no so it's You're funny. just having too good of a time over there exactly huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny that you mentioned that because i think i felt that pressure going to college okay i felt in my entire life going to college going to school like the entire pressure of my family and being the first uh -huh. i felt it all the way through until i decided to quit my job when I decided to quit my job, I felt like no pressure. I was like, let me take the pressure off of me. Like, I'm so done with it. Let me just like let it go because it does not do me any good. Um, and when I went to Mexico, I was having too much of a good time to care. And I think with that, I recognized that it was more special just to be around family. And that's probably one of the things that we got distant from. Like when I went to college, it, you know, I got distant and all of those things happened. So coming back to it was kind of like a homecoming 
that brought everybody kind of closer together. And that was beautiful because I think, well, my mom's gone back to Mexico, but she hasn't gone back to her own like ranchos fiestas. And that for her, I think was really cool because um, she became more independent in that way. Whereas before she would always depend on the whole family going. So it was kind of cool to see that. So like, what were you doing over there though? Like while in the five months that you were there? Taking care of my grandparents. For me, it was like really taking care of somebody else. So I would wake up, make breakfast, go to run el mandado, you know, bring all the groceries. I learned how to cook for my grandma, which was like wow. the best thing yeah. ever. With I all the recipes they by fate fights yo, for, huh? I I know <laughs> how to make pozole now, like all these different uh -huh. things uh -huh. because I took the time to learn from my grandma. Yeah. And it wasn't so much like follow this recipe, it's like this is the whole process. Like taste it now, yeah. taste the difference. This is what it's supposed yeah. to taste like. And you know, so learning that, um, eating with my grandparents is probably one of the most special memories I've had because every single day I would sit with them three meals a day, them two in the table, and they would tell me stories. Wow. You know, like when my grandpa grew up, when my dad left Mexico, you know, when my tias were there helping out. So all those stories of all of my elders, like everybody who I saw, like my tío, my tía, my grandparents, it now took a different lens because before I saw them as elders, now hearing the stories from my grandparents, I saw them as kids. Mm. Like, oh, that's what they were like when they were kids. <clears throat> were your, your parents the first ones to come over here? And like, were they the you in the sense that you were the first one of your family to go back like and stay? Were they the first ones to come here and stay? It's funny that you bring up that point because that's exactly how I saw it. So my dad, I believe, was the first one of um, his siblings to come because he came when he was like 14. But he would come back and forth and then back and forth. And then I do believe uh, one of my tias was the first one to buy property. So like, you know, when somebody comes and you all live together to somebody else buys a house and, you know, that's just how it grows. And that's how we're all in Wilmington now, because, you know, somebody bought a house in Wilmington. Now the, the whole family is here. That's um, usually what happens when somebody from your country comes. Like, like a lot of people like my job, they're from Oaxaca. Uh -huh. And then like one person from Oaxaca, Oaxaca comes. Yeah. Like a cousin then comes uh -huh. and then he stays with them for a little bit. And then like they bring more family and then they have two more places and then that's how, like a lot of people live like people in oaxaca that yeah. i know they live in long beach because they all brought pretty much yeah. the, <laughs> the whole rancho yeah, came. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no yeah that's exactly what it was and um i think that's kind of special in a way because when i when i went back like now that i'm an adult everybody has their own life everybody has their own kids everybody lives on their own but when I came back, I realized what big of an effort my parents made to actually keep it together. Because literally me, my tia, my other tia, the comadre, we all live on the same block. So we were like trying to recreate the rancho on that one block. And then we had parties every, you know, I still remember those childhood parties. Um, so I recognized that that was my parents' effort to keep those traditions. But it hasn't happened in a while. Why? Because now it's our responsibility to make it happen. And I think that gets lost on us, you mm -hmm. know, like we all want to be the, the like our own person and mm -hmm. we want to like live our life our own way. But mm -hmm. then the like our culture gets lost a little bit right. because we're trying to like be American. And I think that's something that you're struggling in the mm -hmm. book. Like you're an American, you identify as an American and then but you knew like wait they're like i'm also i'm like i'm different than all the people that are in berkeley mm -hmm. like like i'm different i stand out like i'm a person of color and then that made you think of that side of your life and mm -hmm. then you didn't know much of right right and then i i feel like that's what made you search for it you know a little yeah. bit we don't really think about that we, like we we're too focused on 
like being americans like we don't want to stand out sometimes you know I, I think like recently like like i don't know if this is because of donald trump but it came out like the, i started noticing the more that we're trying to like prove that culture like we're yep. trying to bring out that in the front like okay we're american but uh-uh, like i'm also this person uh -huh. i'm more than where i was born i'm also like the like the generation that came before me exactly like like when did when did you start writing this book or when did you go on your adventure yeah so i went on my adventure i think i quit my job august 2018 uh, okay so recently yeah pretty recent and then i was um so january 28 2019 was when i came back so almost february um but very similarly so i think i felt the whole political pressure and like this and that and what was interesting is I've always been a prideful Mexican. Like I've always had extreme pride in my heritage and my culture. Like my family's always had Mexican parties. I could speak Spanish, you know, that's always been ingrained in me. But there's there's like the the outside part of it, you know, mm -hmm. like how you dress, what you listen to, etc. And then there's like more of the internal and I think that's what I learned in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Like the community, the being there for each other, the spending time, the you know, the cookie, the tradition, the history and all of that. And I think now that's what I bring wherever I go. So if I'm at work or I try to do something like that, like if I'm gonna be at a potluck, I'm gonna cook something real Mexican so that I could bring that, you know, be like, this is what it is, you know? Some mole. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or um, I remember this um, Dia de la Independencia on September 16th, I wore my Mexican shirt. And I remember I struggled so much to actually wear that to work because our work is like very professional. You have to dress very professional. Uh -huh. So it's like I wore my slacks and I wore my heels, but I wanted to express who I was. Yeah, yeah. And I think before going to Mexico, I probably wouldn't have done that. I would just been like, you know, it is what it is. Going back to the book. So what made you want to like title it that? Aventuras, mm -hmm. Amor y Tacos, like that tacos part, kind of like, I guess I'm, I'm Amor, but tacos like, like when I hear aventuras and tacos, it's like somebody went and hit up a bunch of taquerias or like little corner spots and right. just started tasting them. Right. And I made a book about it. Uh -huh. but, so like, tell me a little bit more about the title. So the title, it just it just kind of came to me because that's essentially what I went, what I did. I went on an aventura. I learned about the amor, not just like romantic love, but like amor de mi familia, like amor of my the country that I come from, from my community. So it was literally i felt love every single day i was in mexico and i can't say that that is true living in america that that is not a true experience for me so the fact that i was able to go to mexico and experience that every single day was something that was first time I've, it's ever happened right um and the tacos if you really think about it like tacos have gotten like real hyped up with like people who are foodies you know this and that which is true because i love tacos i'll eat tacos every day but tacos is literally a traditional food you have every single day taco de frijoles the queso the you know whatever so it's just like that was a very part of the culture of um something my grandma would always tell me every single day was come bien like come bien come mas like you know just keep keep eating and i think that was such an important part that i had to learn of how to eat well and then tacos was a, a part of that and i i had a lot of tacos in mexico too you know but it was really about um taking that whole experience of the everyday taco because that's that's what people eat like in the rancho you're always eating with tortillas and you're always eating a taco or something or something like that yeah yeah and i mean part of that was also play on eat pray love yeah yeah you yeah. know eat pray love so i kind of wanted to twist it up in there going to mexico was that your goal to like write a book once you came back 
Um, I don't know that it was. I, I know I've had the goal to write a book. Like it was always one of those far-fetched dreams that you always thought, like, you know, you put it on your to-do list, never knowing uh-huh. if you're gonna make it happen or not. So I went to Mexico just kind of like to experience. I didn't know a book was gonna come out of it. But what I did recognize was I was writing every single day. I think a lot of it was because I didn't have stress. Like I had nothing to do but be myself. And when you're complete, when you're your complete self, like I think just things come to you. So I would be sitting in the dinner table with my grandparents, like literally eating in silence. And all these thoughts just came like, oh my gosh, I appreciate like how hard my grandparents have worked and all that my grandma has done. And imagine how they felt when my parents left and this and that. So like all these things would just come flooding just by sitting there. And then I would like after dinner, I'd sit down and write. And that would happen like every day on random things. Like I just started to see my identity, which I think I always struggled with my identity of being Mexican-American, ni de aquí, ni de allá. Like it's always been a struggle here in America. And when I was in Mexico, it was such a privilege. And then coming from that perspective, I just started to see so many things differently. And I would write every single day and I would write every single day. And I remember the first time I posted any of that on Facebook, it literally took everything of me to just post it. Like I was scared because I'm not a person to like put out my life like that at all. So I'm not a person who would write a book. Like literally it's all my feelings in there. And when I posted it, I got so much reaction from so many of my friends, like old people who I hadn't talked to in a while, like college friends. And I realized I had something and I was like, well, this is how I felt. This is what my experience was. I know not everybody can go and quit their jobs and go back to Mexico. So because of that, let me try to make something where if people are feeling that way, they can read about it and then maybe ask me questions about what that was like so that I could give them a new perspective to learn how to appreciate their culture, to find empowerment through it and to just really get connected to that. Um, so it was more of me sharing these perspectives so that people can grow from it as as much as I did, especially in today's time, because it's it's hard. It's like hard out here, especially with everything that's going on. After your trip, like what what was your reaction like from your book, from like your stories? And like- um, what's interesting is that I feel like I've always been the free spirit. So I'm the one that went off to Berkeley. My parents like fought me on that so hard. I've studied abroad my parents fought me on that. Like I've lived in Florida. They fought me on that. So it's like, I'm a person who would always like the adventures type. Yeah. I'm just like everywhere. <laughs> so just to, to some extent it's like, they thought like, okay, here, here it goes again. You know, like here comes another one of those things. Um, but then actually coming back and being active and teaching about it, I think it's forcing us to grow. Like it's really, really forcing us to grow of like, what do we want to give to the next generation? And I think that's something that I'm bringing up. Um, just recently in this August, my other grandma passed. Okay. So thank you. I appreciate that. And this was the first time that my whole family went back to Mexico together, but it it brings it to reality. Does it have to be death? The reason that we all get together and go back. And that's, that's a question that was brought up. And then that's kind of the conversation that's been what it's been about. You know, are we going to wait till my other grandparents pass before we start reconnecting with them and getting to know them as people? Um, and I'm kind of forcing that on my siblings, not necessarily forcing them, but exposing it to them because it's not something that's natural to us because I mean, like here we learn, like, you know, it's, it's a very different culture than mm-hmm. what it is in Mexico. Um, my family's not one to always say, I love you, you know? Yeah. So what, what's funny though, is that I thought that's how Mexicans were. 
Uh-huh. And then I went back to the rancho and I realized everybody over here is so loving. Yeah. Like they'll hug you. They'll say their feelings. And I'm just like, what? Like, what is this? This is very different than what my experience has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because I was there for so long, I think I learned how to have those behaviors, like how to call people on random. You know, all those things that our parents had us do, like talk to your tia who you don't know. You know, like all those things. I learned how to do that over there. And I was like, that's part of my culture. So whenever I talk to my grandma, my sisters or somebody's around, I'll be like, here, my grandma wants to talk to you. Does she ask? No, but I just put them on the phone because they want that connection, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, or I'll text my siblings like, hey, it's my grandma's birthday today. You guys should try to give her a call or something like that. Um, or try to connect them in the same way that my parents did when we were younger. But I think what the battle was there is that we grew up American and that's not the culture here. So I think at a certain point, our parents kind of gave up. Mm. you know like oh i'm like oh yeah do you remember so and so like no i'm too busy i'm going to this other party you know and at a certain point they almost give up but me reconnecting with that has almost made me like oh do you know my tia from texas you know so and so so and so is our cousin now because i've been exposed to this whole other place that i almost kind of looked away from yeah yeah so it's been interesting that i've been kind of reconnecting that dynamic in whatever way that I can to see if, if they want to explore that further. But it's almost like what I do recognize, and I have a chapter in my book that speaks solely on this, is my grandparents aren't going to be here forever. Um, I, I think I called it Nadia Satana en el Mundo, and it really talks about death. That's right? like a, a Lance uh, Sanchez song right Yeah, there. exactly. So I used a lot of lyrics on, on my book, and that's part of the, it's like a truth, right? Like nobody's here forever. But we almost don't give those true second thoughts. They're just like, oh, it's just a song. But the reality of it is in Mexico, people live that way. Well, that's why there's corridos, never corridos, because it tells the story of the person that they're singing about. You exactly. Know? Like how they lived and sometimes how they died. Most of the time it's how they died. Yeah. But like that memory, like it stays here in song mm-hmm. form and for people to hear, like that, even though they're not here, they're still... Even though they know that no vives para siempre, but at least the song will, you know. But I mean, when you, you're talking about that, like, I thought about like why that is. Like, um, like our parents, they they come over here mm-hmm. for a better life for us, and they, and that's all they're focused on is that. But then we come, we go to school, and then when it's our turn to like decide whether we want to go to school or not, they never had the option, so. Mm-hmm they never give us the option and now now we have technology where we didn't they didn't have it back then and now there's way more like different careers that you could actually go to where you don't necessarily need to go to school Mm -hmm. you know and like that's when you mentioned that i was like that's how it is when you said about um they don't really tell us our like their feelings sometimes Mm -hmm. i love you like they were too focused in like providing a good life that their way of telling us they love us is by giving us everything that we needed that they didn't have but ours like now in our generation like i started thinking like there's a lot of things that were in my mind these couple days like depression like the holidays kind of brought that up Mm -hmm. i was like all right so why are we so focused in our feelings now like we like our parents like there's like um a lot of people make jokes about like the older generation like why are you getting getting therapy Mm -hmm. but like before like they had to live with all those problems and now because it took that burden of like where our next meal is going to come from right now we're able to like think about those things that what they didn't you know 
Was that ever in your mind? Like once you went to Mexico and then you noticed those people like were able to express their feelings mm -hmm. and like your parents weren't able to do that. Was that ever in your mind? Like you bring such a good point because that was exactly my experience. I was like, I thought Mexicans were like super like hard with their feelings and this and that because of my experience here, you know? But then I went back to Mexico and I was like, this is not what I thought it was. Like people are super loving, super this, super that, right? But what I did recognize is ex exactly what you said. My parents have demonstrated their love based on hard work. They've like dedicated themselves. They sacrificed so much. They've done this, right? This is a big difference that I see because they also ask like, why are you going to therapy? Like I've gone to therapy and that's because I needed it, right? But this is what I recognize. My parents have lived in Mexico. They didn't move permanently here until they were 25. So their childhood, their teenage year, their young adulthood, they were always connected to Mexico. They were always connected to that community. And I think they try to make that here as well when we were kids. Um, but for the most part, we grew up in an American culture that isn't really based on community. It's based on the individual. What grades do you get? What college do you get? It's very like single, your own person, right? But in Mexico, it's not, the single person doesn't really exist because it's all community. So my parents, even though they didn't have a lot, they always had that community. They had those family values that kept them okay. Because when I was in Mexico, I was happy. Like I didn't have a lot. I wasn't, I was like, literally if you put it this way, I was unemployed. I was bumming off of my grandparents. I was living in the rancho. If you look at it from an American, you know, standpoint, I'm literally a low life over there in the rancho, right? But I was happy, like literally I was happy. And I think it just depends on, on the, the perspective. So see, that's another thing with the individual. Like in America, people are always trying to look out for themselves. Okay, let me go on welfare, let me use this, let me use that, let me use this. I think in Mexico, people, because even though it, it seemed like, okay, I'm, I'm living off of my grandparents, the reality of it was I had my savings. I don't want to use my grandparents' money um, because that's for them, right? But this is the other part. My tias would call me and they'd be like, hey, you're over there taking care of my uh, of my parents. Don't buy groceries, like use the money that they have, you know? And that made me feel like so like, like grateful that they saw it that way. Cause over here is like, yeah, I'm taking care of your parents, but I'm taking care of my grandparents. Yeah. But if they're like, save your money. Like we know you don't have a job, like, you know, we'll figure it out. And it wasn't a lot. Like I'd buy groceries for the entire week in $20, wow. you know? And it's like fresh, organic, grown off of somebody's backyard and like, you know, and, and that to me was part of the reason why it was such a great experience because I could live off of so little and living off of so little made me be grateful of everything that I did have because I am American. I did speak English. I did have a college degree. Um, I could easily come back and then get a job, you know, so I just the reality of my privilege was fully, fully present. And I think the difference between um, like taking advantage of a system and actually recognizing it is that in Mexico, you'll see people like they don't have a lot. They really are poor. They're humble more than anything. They're humble, but you see them work for everything that they have. You see them take care of everything. Like I would see my cousins like wash their shoes every week, you know, to keep them fresh and sparkly. I'm like, I can't even remember the last time I washed a pair of shoes, you know? And those things themselves, like how appreciative people are for little things that we take advantage of. And I think that was the biggest thing is that people always work for what they have. Whereas over here in, in, in the States, I think some people do try to take advantage of that. Um, and I think there's also like this whole government thing in Mexico. There's almost this expectation that the government isn't going to take care of you. Oh, yeah. So the community has to take care of itself. 
Whereas here, the expectation is the government better take care of me. I pay, I pay my taxes. I I'll do pay this. My taxes. You know, <laughs> and and that's the big difference. It's like people are like always, you know, getting angry for certain things. But what are you doing for yourself? Mm, yeah. Where in Mexico, everybody does something for themselves and for the community and together. Yeah. So I think uh, bringing those aspects over here is was definitely helped me. Like asking people those questions: What are you doing for yourself? If you want that, what are you doing for yourself? Because that's something that we learned. That's something our parents came here with. Um, my dad recently told me is part of the reason Americans get so mad at immigrants is because immigrants are working for themselves. They're trying to make something better. So if they see somebody who came from a different country be more successful than they are. They're wondering why. And when the reality of it is, well, how much of it you worked for yourself? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. That, that the arguments always goes back to that work. Like you, you like people, they're, they're always saying like, oh, you took all our jobs, but I mean, in reality, like people are taking the jobs you don't want, but they're also working from the bottom up. Mm -hmm. They didn't get where they are because they're complaining about other people taking their jobs. They're looking for the jobs. They're getting the jobs and making the best of them. You know, the the one thing that that um you mentioned that was a, a big push was the wage. You weren't getting paid for the work that you're putting. Mm -hmm. And here, that's how it really is. Like if you get a job, once you get a job. You do what you're required to do and they add stuff that it's not in your description, you mm, know, and right. you mentioned that that like you you asked them for a raise and they pretty much told you like they couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. And that made you think, well, then I might if I'm not important or if I don't I'm not worthy of getting this, this amount, then I'm just not valuable to you at all. Because mm -hmm. like I think you thought of your worth, your self-worth mm -hmm, uh, sure. and you thought that I'm worth this amount. That's why you gave them a, an amount. But then once they came at you to tell you, oh, you know, we can't do that, then, then that's when you saw, you know what? And I'm sure it just added up. Like, that was just one reason right. why. When you start out, you don't think about that. Like, you're just happy to have a job. Mm -hmm. But then once other people, like, that feel entitled and privileged, they don't think about that. They're like, oh, well, I need to get paid this, this amount. And I think that's the re a, a part of the reason why they're not getting the jobs they want you know mm -hmm. that's why other people are able to get those jobs because they're just they want to get the job because they know that they're hoping i guess they, they don't know but they're hoping that once they're there for like a couple years they will get what they're worth that is exactly what i recognize that it's really your worth that you put yourself at right and when i recognize that i just kind of started to swift through different jobs what, what do I want and what am I willing to or where am I willing to be in my worth? And what was interesting is that I recognize um, my parents journey to America happened because of like a few different things. They had faith that there's going to be a better future on the other side. They had strength to actually go through the journey because we all know it's not easy. And then two, it's like self-worth, like how much self-worth for yourself and for your future family do you have to have? to make that journey, to make those dreams a realization, right? And when I recognized that, I was like, that's literally in my genes. That's like what I'm rooted from. Yeah. The self-worth, the strength, the courage, the grit, everything that my parents have, like to have a bigger dream. Because if you think about it, and I really, really did think about it now that I have friends there, you have to have a huge dream to come all the way over here to America to work. Like it's literally has to be the biggest dream that you could think of and come to think of it like my journey i've done a lot of the, that i have because of those character character traits that my parents pass on to me going to college doing a career this and that and i think i had gotten to a point where i wasn't dreaming anymore and it's like that's not who i am or who my family is because i have to keep going 
And what is the huge dream that I have to do to kind of like use everything that's been passed on to me to make it happen? And when, when I recognize that a lot of it is self-worth and the self-worth really comes from my parents, but I think it's something that you have to be reminded of because as soon as you can co get comfortable, you're comfortable, right? Yeah. My parents are comfortable too. Like they made it happen. Now they're comfortable. Okay. So what's next for not just for me, but for everybody. And, and I think something that we don't think about is they did work hard for us to have a better life, but that also includes us to be paid fair. You know, like, I, I don't think we ever think about that. Like, they want us to get the job, go to school. But once we do get our career, I feel they will also want us, like, a big thing is they want us to have our own house. They want us to have benefits. But you can't afford any of that or have a family or whatever. But you can't afford that if you don't get the, the wage that you it's required for you to live that life that they want you to. Like, mm -hmm. you get that, the, you could be a doctor, but if you don't get paid, like, okay, for example, it's teachers. Like, that's a career that, like, parents could say, you know, like, go be a teacher. Right. And you would think, like, teachers get paid a fair wage. But in reality, they don't, you know. Right. And they do so much. You know, they do, they they do like, just like you were doing. They go beyond, you know, they, they're babysitters, they're mm -hmm. doctors. There's so much in just one person, mm -hmm. you know. But they don't get paid enough. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think people really, like, our parents ever thought about that. They assume, like, you get a career and, and, and like, like you get a good career you get a good job and obviously you're gonna get paid good because you went through all that and you're doing something responsible you know but like i feel like they wouldn't be happy if we didn't get what we were worth i agree you know yeah i can and that brings up an interesting conversation i have with my mom uh -huh. so part of the reason i'm in phoenix is exactly that conversation uh -huh. because the conversation i had with her was like listen like i i had a good job i was getting paid decent not good enough clearly because that's part of the reason i left but i literally only had money for paying my rent paying my bills paying my student loan and i barely had a little bit i love to travel and i wasn't even doing much of that um so i i talked to my mom and i was like listen y'all came here for w the dream that you had you you all bought a house my dad has a good job you know he's been able to work there for as long as i've been alive you know so this is the difference though you came in a time where the economy was good in america in california specifically the real estate market was good so y'all got a house for a decent price i was like i'm not about to pay half a million dollars for a house in the hood you know and then get paid this much and then like i'm coming in with a whole of debt at the very least like i understand y'all didn't have a college education but you managed and you made do and now you have your own little thing like I'm starting in a whole of debt yeah. and then I have Mount Everest to climb yeah, yeah, for the yeah. real estate, you know, yeah. it's, it looks so much different for me. But if I move to Arizona where it's, I could get paid more than I was making here and you no know, the to, cost of living yeah, is lower. way lower. Yeah. At least I'm like breathing yeah. and making slow and steady yeah. steps, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I told that to my mom, I think she finally understood it because just the, just the way that they moved here, I was able to move over there. And it was just kind of like before I didn't have those conversations, I was just like, oh, I'm going, I'm doing this and bye, you know, that's what it is. But now I'm, I'm relating a lot of my life to their life because they're the, the biggest and best example that I have. You know, they made it happen, but now I'm learning to relate it to them just because now I think I re recognize their story a little bit more because of everything that I've learned. You came back and you left your grandparents over there. So you wrote this book. Mm -hmm. Have they 
had a chance to at least look at it because yeah i'm i don't know if you made it in spanish also i know that's a request i have like i literally have a request from all of my um cousins and friends back in mexico they're like where's the spanish version i was like well it's in spanglish but i'm working on it you know um but i did i just went back to mexico for dia de los muertos and um i actually took took a few copies and i showed it to my grandparents and they were just like it was the, the most special thing to just like show it to them so my grandpa was taking a look at it like he still has 2020 vision so i for sure want to translate it and be able to give it to him because he can actually read it um but they were like both real happy that i was able to you know do something like that i'm sure they're proud of you yeah for sure so like what about your like earlier what i want i wanted to ask you about your brothers and mm -hmm. your sisters your siblings has this like encouraged them to do something like you like you like write a book or mm. take an adventure i don't think they're there yet no no i don't think they're there yet um i think part of it is because like i mentioned my family isn't a very vulnerable family so i'm like the first one to kind of step out on that and like my whole book is about that oh, and yeah. i've gotten responses from people who've read my book like oh my gosh i was crying you know like in this chapter and it reminded me of this and that um so i think you really have to step into that vulnerable place to read the whole story um, and it's hard if, if that's not something that you grew up with, but you have to kind of like take that extra step to get there. Um, cause I know like if people who don't know my family are crying, I can only imagine what that experience is going to be like for my actual family who reads the book. So like what, 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 what took you to Phoenix? I know you're part of year up, right? I, mm -hmm. Hopefully you're allowed to speak about it. I don't know. I mean, they're pretty open. I yeah. So yeah. Can you tell me? Cause I, I have listeners and imagine in arizona uh -huh. i'm not really sure nobody's ever came forward but yeah. let's just say i do so okay. for the ones that live in arizona they they could take advantage of your the program that you're in can yeah. you tell us more about it yeah so i work for a nonprofit, and it's really cool because um as far as nonprofits go they're probably one of the best ones i have ever worked for or have even found um because they're very much about diversity, equity, and inclusion, but also providing economic opportunities for urban youth. So we call them opportunity youth. Um, in Arizona, in Arizona, we primarily serve um, Latino, African American, you know, minority students. And what we do is we help them get connected with internships in corporate companies. So within a year, they take college classes, they do an internship, they learn how to be professional, how to dress, you know, how to present themselves. And then they go work for companies like Bank of America, Chase, PayPal, Amazon. So all these like Fortune 500 without having to go into debt, you know, go to school for four years, going this, doing that. So they get more of a technical training, either in technology or in business, so that they can then be qualified for those kinds of jobs. So where are the requirements for that? Because I, I I might end up moving to Arizona then because I want to work for uh, like right? a Fortune 5 and maybe like get a job and yeah. be professional, take the jobs from them. Right. You know? <laughs> so the only requirement is literally having your high school education, um, your high school diploma, your GD being 18 to 24. This is what I really, really love about the organization. So um, I used to work at university here in California. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, DACA students get tuition, they get financial aid here in California. That's not the case in Arizona. They don't qualify for any financial aid. Not only that, but they have to pay out of state tuition. So our organization is one of the few that actually helps DACA students get a college education and then get, con get connected to a career. Oh, that's cool. So just the, the fact of that alone in Arizona, I was like, I have to be a part of this because, you know, they're able to help the community in that way. Well, I hope people like that live in Arizona hear this. And if they have kids, nephews, nieces, whoever's like that's 
that qualifies, take advantage yeah, of this. Cause, send them over. I mean, even if you don't live like you live in Flax something or Flagstaff. Yeah, <laughs> like how far is that away from you? Maybe like three hours. Man, you got three <laughs> hours is worth it. Just get get take advantage of this, cause like if you don't have documents, if you're undocumented and you qualify, take advantage, people. Like in your opinion, like what's success? Cause our parents' success is having a good job, career having like a house but like what's your version of success as a like um, first generation you know mm -hmm. so my version of success for me individually is gonna be making my own dreams come true without my parents approval because it's almost i think that's that's a what we have to overcome a lot being a first generation is we recognize the huge sacrifice our parents made and we're almost like paying them back for it right like we keep paying them back and we're just like i hope i get their approval right um but at, at a certain point it has to be like well what is my dream even if they don't understand it like i have to go out and do it so i think that's my version of success is like really fearlessly doing what i want and being successful in it and getting people around you to support um, because I think that's what's truly successful is when you get those people who care about you the most to even though they don't know what you're doing or how you're doing it or why you're doing it, you know, anything like that, that they actually support you because they care for you that much. So I think that's really my idea of success. It's not really monetary, but it's like being having the freedom to be yourself, pursuing your own dreams and then helping or having people around you support them as well and then helping them in the process. Um, Cause I think they learn from like, if I'm doing something and I'm bringing them with me, they're learning from my experience of like literally putting myself out there. And I think the biggest thing for me now is like really becoming a, a small business um, owner or doing something like that where you're generating your own revenue. Cause I think for the longest time I've been like, work for the man, work for the man, work for the man. I don't think I'm meant to, you know? Um, so I definitely want to be able to create something like that. And when I recognize in Mexico, everybody is their own entrepreneur like selling pan tortilla you know whatever you're selling you're your own business owner and you come up with your own creative ways to advertise you make your own networks you know so all of that was taught but it's almost like we separated it because now you know we well, got to work for somebody to make money here so what do you want the reader to get from your book i think you mentioned at the beginning is people are going to get what it is whatever it is that they need but i think my whole intention was for people to recognize their self-worth and gain empowerment from it um, because it's almost like i don't think we intentionally dismiss our own stories but i think it happens naturally because we think they don't relate to the kind of career we want to get in america um so what i mean by that is sometimes we think like talking to our tias who we don't know in in a different country or in a, in a different state or something like that like oh it's just kind of like i'm wasting my time because i don't know them or something like that right whereas building those skills of talking to anybody or going traveling somewhere you know the whole part of doing that's where you learn what life is really about and that's where you learn a lot of the skills that are gonna make you successful anywhere so i think if we recognize and we're able to give value to all of that and bring it with us wherever we go and not be ashamed of it because i think culturally speaking if you're in a professional environment People are like, why are you talking like that? Or why, why are you wearing that? Or why are you this? And we almost shy away from it and don't do it again. But it's like, no, like let's stop doing that and be like, I'm wearing this because of this. I talk this way because I'm bilingual. I talk, you know, so like being empowered from what our stories are and the importance of the history, not just because of 
the culture we carry, but also the people that are behind that. And I think that's the biggest tie for me is that the reason I'm, I'm so, that I feel so empowered and so proud of where I come from is because now I know the people. I know my grandparents, I know my tias, I know um, all of my friends and all of my cousins. So yeah, I am from the Rancho, you know, my parents are from the Rancho, but I'm so proud of that. Why? Because we came from like humble beginnings and look at where I'm at now, look at where my family's at now. That trajectory of success in just like two, three generations what do you have to prove you know like what have you done in two or three generations this is how much my family has done and that's something that i'm proud of because if you think about it now if i'm here if we still have that same courage that same grit that same dedication everything that we've been passed down for my generation three generations is down what can happen in that you know so i think that's what i really want people to gain is that empowerment of going back to your roots and recognizing how great it is because we often forget like the beauty of where we come from and the history and the strength that all of that holds because that's kind of what america wants for us to really forget but if we forget that we forget our power we forget our truth we forget everything that's really important um before going on this ad whole adventure i went to mexico twice but before that there was eight years i hadn't gone back that was eight years that i didn't go visit my grandparents that i didn't go visit people like my cousins who still live there and that's so sad to me you know that's so sad to me and i think when I call my grandma now, because I spend so much time with her, she's always like, it sounds like you're here sitting down in the kitchen with me, you know? So she's just so happy. And if, if the littlest thing I can hopefully inspire people to do is like, call your grandparents, you know, if they have a phone and you have a phone and you haven't spoken to them in, in like years, like literally just call them. You would probably make their day, you know? And, and I think that's one thing that I hope people get It's people still love you even though they don't see you and if you're able to make that connection again by just simply calling or adding them on facebook i think for me i didn't add anybody from the ranch on facebook and then i came back with a whole bunch of friends and then part of that is because like people are so supportive even if there's not much they could they can do like people are sharing my book you know even though it's in english like you know so it's like people are so supportive and if you could get connected to that again, it'll literally be the best thing, but you have to be open to it. Yeah, I, I, I see it. Agarren su libro, uh -huh. no lo entiendo nada, pero agarrenlo. Yeah. <laughs> no está en español, agarren Google yeah. Translate. Yeah. Y ahí que, que, yeah. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have a grandparent around, like, go, go ask them. I know they're annoying. I know they're lecturing you. They say the same things over and over, uh -huh. but once they pass away, like they're not right. here, you're going to miss that. You're going to yeah. miss them giving you advice that you didn't ask for. Right. Trying to overfeed you. Uh -huh. Trying to tell you things that you don't want to hear. Yeah. But, you know, you're, you're going to want that. Once they're not there, you're going to think of, man, I remember my grandma used to tell me this. And I remember my grandma used to do this with me. And you're going to miss that. Something, coming from somebody that doesn't have any grandparents anymore. You should go reach out to them. Just and you'll make their day. I guarantee you'll make their day, and they're gonna tell la comadre, like, oh my grandda, my grandpa, I mean my granddaughter, grandson. They called me today, yeah. and they're doing good. They just want to know about you. Like, I mean that. I think that in between, like, like your parents are like lost in the middle, but your parent, like your your grandparents, always want to know about you. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, like, enough for you. Like, I want to hear more about my grandson, yeah, my exactly. granddaughter. You know. So make sure you go hit them up. And if they don't, they're not around anymore, think about them. And I'm sure wherever they're at, they'll get the sentiment and, you know, they'll bring a little smile to their face. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just two more questions and that's it. Cause I know you got somewhere to go. 
So my first one is you're like this book is a Latino version of E Pray Love. Mm-hmm. So you, we know that they wrote they made a movie about it. So coming from let's say somebody Hollywood knocks on Mr. Hollywood knocks on the door and uh-huh. tells you I want I want to write a book about you yeah. about your book. I mean I want to write um, I, I want to make a movie about your book. Who pre- who plays you? I know who I think would play you. Interesting. But who plays you in your book? Okay. I want to say America Ferrera. Yeah, me too. Oh, my God. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Right away. That's uh-huh. the first person that came to mind. Yeah. Because funny enough, uh, I write about, I don't know if you know, she wrote or she put together a book. Uh-huh. It's called American Like Me. And she has an essay of a similar experience she went through. And I read a couple of her paragraphs. And that is the reason I wrote my first blog post and I posted it in public. Okay. So I think she has that same sentiment of kind of like reconnecting with her roots. I think she's from like Honduras and very similar. So, yeah, Uh, I think I would have her play me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, but I think because of the the sister, the traveling Uh pants. Uh-huh. That too. Like like the travel part just hit with this Aventuras part. And I was like, okay, it makes. Yeah. I put two and two together. I was like. She's traveled before in one of her movies. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she want to travel again. Yeah. You know? Funny enough, that was the first book I think I ever read. Yeah. The Sisterhood books. Yeah. I, so I, it I, all I, comes full circle. I saw the movies. Yeah. Like uh, the first one. I think the second one, mm-hmm. you know, I like those movies. Don't judge yeah. me. You know? They're cool. <laughs> They're good movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who can you tell? What can you tell the person that might be second guessing themselves? from taking that leap of faith and taking that adventure. I think my biggest piece of advice would be really to follow your gut because it's going to come back like that, that tug of like you wanting to do something, it'll show up like when you graduate. Oh, I would really like to do this. You know, wouldn't it be cool to do this? And then you get a job and you forget about it. And then when the job gets rough, that thought comes back again. Wouldn't it be great to do this? But if you actually listen to it and make it happen, like your whole life will transform. And I think part of that is just because you have faith in yourself that you are the one making it happen. Like you're not relying on a job. You're not relying on a promotion. You're not relying on anything. So when you really put faith in yourself, that is the biggest thing. So it's like follow whatever that calling is or that whatever that dream is, because it'll just keep coming back. Like it'll just keep coming back until you listen to it. You know, it'll just keep bugging you until you actually do it. So just listen to it and go for it. I will do that just take the leap of faith and because you don't i mean for me my the what i think about is you don't want to regret not doing Mm -hmm. it when you when you have the chance right because then you're always going to have that nagging feeling you know you're always going to think about that when it gets rough when when you get older basically you're gonna be like man like i should have done it Mm -hmm. and most of the time it's because you were afraid to do it you know i know sometimes it's money but a big part is because you're afraid. And mm-hmm. if you keep le- leaving in fear, that, that fear is always going to stay with you. So do something to shake it off. And you don't, because you don't want that feeling, that feeling of regret in your life. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. And just if you didn't succeed, at least you already got your answer, you know? Or if you, you weren't happy doing it, then that's not a thing in your mind anymore. Now it's a thing that, okay, well, I tried it and I didn't, it didn't happen. Now I can move on and mm-hmm. I can get away from this feeling. Yeah, for sure. So, so go do it, guys. Go do it and call your grandma. Exactly. Call, <laughs> if you didn't Tell get her it, about it. Yeah, if you didn't get anything from this interview, at least go call your grandma. <laughs> right? All right. So, um, like I said, we're almost done. We only got two things left. The first one is tell people your plugs, where they can find you, your social media, where they can get your book. 
And after that, we're going to play sevens. Cool. All right. So my um, I'm mostly active on Instagram. So you can follow me and find me on uh, Instagram at Maida.hdez. And that's Maida with an I. So M-A-I-R-A dot H-D-E-Z. And you can find me on also Facebook, Aventura Moritacos, as well as find my book on Amazon or on Etsy if you want to sign copy. And like I said, um, in the beginning, like I'm going to give away three copies. So I pretty much, I should have mentioned it on the intro. I still don't know what it's going to be. I know for sure. Just got to follow her. You got to follow me. And you got to answer a, a simple question. I'm not going to make you jump through hoops. And there's going to be three people. Usually there's one. And now th- you're going to get three different people. So that the chances are in your favor, guys. All right. All right. So like I said, um, we're going to play seven. So for anybody that does not know, seven is a word association game where um, she's going to choose the category. And based on the category, I'm going to give her clues. All right. So the thing that you got to keep in mind. So it's called sevens because you're going to it's going to be seven questions. And you're going to have seven seconds for each question. So it's okay. going to be a total of 49 seconds. All right. Every second is a point. So the longer you get, the less points you get. All right. Mm-hmm. And the big thing is make sure you, you you choose a category that not only you're good at, also I'm good at. Because since I am giving you the clues, I'm taking seconds by giving you the clues. So if yeah, I don't yeah. know, if it, I have a hard time getting the, like giving you a clue, then that's going to just take points off your score. All right. All right. So the high score is 32. And then you're going to be the lucky if you do get that the high score or you if you tie then you get to share that price and if you win i mean if you hit the high score if you pass the high score then you get to keep it up by yourself awesome and <laughs> the price is some let me know underwear all right so for the uh, the listener when you picture this so it's going to be my face in the front and the logo in the back so so if you tie then that means all three of you because there's three people and two people are sharing as of right now if you tie then three of you all three of you get to share those let me know underwear I don't know if that's sanitary. Sherry? Wow. Sherry. I'm only going to make one. You guys just, however you want to do it, like on a certain month, on a certain week. <laughs> it's not for me to know. It's for you guys to figure out. All right. All right. So the categories are general, movies, TV shows, celebrities, music, sports, Broadway, food, animals, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, their corresponding music, stand-up, superhero, music, hip-hop, movie, horror, Movie action, movie comedy, movie rom-com, movie award winners, football, baseball, basketball, and hockey. Alright, so just you just gotta base it on the conversations we've had, and or my by my my appearance. So I don't know what that that category is gonna be. So what do you choose? So it's gonna you're gonna um, we're gonna play this twice, and so you're gonna keep the high score. Okay. And if I if you completely utterly suck at this the first time, then I get to choose for you the second time. Okay. Alright. <laughs> I'm gonna go with '90s. All right, '90s, '90s, like in like '90s period or '90s music. Oh man, okay. I'm gonna go with '90s period. All right, '90s, the '90s. All right, cool. So, like I said, you're gonna keep the high score. So, okay. Good luck. All right, three, two, one. Um, it's a band. It's like one, two, three, but also it's a bird. The name of the band is un- like okay. Um, it's it's a uh, you conjure the spirits. It's like a triangle. Ouija board. Yeah. Um, I don't know who this is, so I can't can't give any <laughs> clues. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a movie. 
uh, it's a it's a cartoon. It's a white boy and a, a white boy. They're like blonde hair, Fulio and Ooh, okay. no. uh, Jim Carrey. He's a uh, the mask. No, is that he's holding a blank like oh the Ghostbusters? Blank. No, no. <laughs> the Seahawks. Where are they from? Was uh, Seattle? Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's a group of people on the beach like. Tanning? No, one of them has big boobs. Oh, man. oh Baywatch. Yeah. Oh, All right, so I was counting crows. So one, two, three, and then a bird. Counting crows. So I, was I know the band. And, and I don't know any of their music. So, and then the Ouija board, you got Devon Sawa. Sawa. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. So I couldn't give you any clues. Yeah. Then Beavis and Butthead, like, uh, and then Fulio or something like that. And then the Jim Carrey with the blank is a cable man, the cable guy. Oh, I couldn't I give I you any clues for that. Um, I was gonna say Directv, and but they're not cable; they're satellite. So <laughs> Spectrum and the person that that installs it, maybe. But I, I see. It, it, I and, wouldn't have gotten yeah. it. And then you got Seattle, and then with the big boobs, I got stuck was Baywatch. <laughs> Baywatch. Yeah, I was trying to say lifeguards, but I was like the beach, like the. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's harder yeah. than you think, right? <laughs> so you got seven. Okay. So at least you got the name of the the, the game, but you didn't do. You know? <laughs> was so, it wasn't so hot. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm gonna choose for you. So all we're right. gonna choose Gerald. All right. Okay. So you already know how it's done. Mm-hmm. Right, three, two, one. Not not Republican, buddy. Democratic. Um, do you go to the beach on a board? What Surfing. are you? Um, like Visa, you slide this credit card. Um, like somebody that does flips and like juggles. Acrobats? Yeah. Like it's in your chest, pumps blood Heart. in your body. Um, what's this? That has my face. Um, not east. West. Who? And the winner and the new high score. Oh. 33. <laughs> Day barely by barely. one point. So you took it. So, <laughs> awesome. So well, we still got a couple weeks left till the end of the year. So we'll see if you get the keep the high score. And maybe if this is the one I release the end of this year, then you're the winner. I'm gonna mail you those let me know underwear. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Good luck for the people that get to see them. You might end up throwing them away right away. <laughs> but it, either way, that's the trophy. <laughs> All right. So. I mean, that's it. That, it's it for t- for us. But before I go, I just want a reminder where you can find me. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Just look up Let Me Know. Let Me Know Pod. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email me at letmenowpod on Gmail. And make sure you go on iTunes, leave a review. Um, um, everywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, basically. If you Google Let Me Know Pod, then basically you should be able to. That's the best way um yeah so if you have any questions like i said you could always email me and if you want to be a, a guest let me send me a message on instagram and i want to send a, a little shout out to um tatiana because that's how i found out about you oh no way yeah yeah. she told me and then to look you up and that's i did awesome. and so yeah so a big shout out to her not a Thank little one you, tatiana. A big, big shout out hopefully she listens to this because that'd be kind of sad yeah. i grew up with her she's one of my i think we met elementary middle school uh-huh. that's awesome yeah yeah i just want to put that out there because i don't cool. know if you knew how i found out about i you, did it now yeah, yeah that's <laughs> she told she sent me a message and she told me to read your book and i read read the book 
and I sh- and I I didn't know if you were I didn't know you were in Phoenix, so yeah. I thought you were here. But you know, it just so happened that she told me at the right time. Uh huh. It just happened to come a couple weeks later. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. She and she made sure she came down just for, for, this. for this, just for this, and you know. But yeah, so also I have merch. You can find my hats and my T-shirts. You can find my T-shirts at teespring.com, and you can get my hats at Synesthesia uh, Boutique in Wilmington. Alright guys, that's it for today. But before I go, I just want to thank you guys for letting me be part of your day. I guess till next time I see ya. Bye. has been brought to you by let me know podcast new episode every week available on all streaming platforms